This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Welcome back to another year of the OHL in 60 podcast. And we're kicking off 2023 with a jam-packed episode. Again, we can't thank the day Monday enough for for, uh, news. Um, So a shout out to Mondays, even though a lot of people don't like them. Uh, In terms of OHL news, they have been pretty clutch for us uh, throughout this 2022-2023 season. So um, we're going to thank another Monday here as we roll throughout the show. As I said, uh, lots to talk about. Kick things off, of course, run through the headlines from this week, and that includes a couple of trades. Uh, We'll get to that at the end of segment number one. Segment number two, Colin Ward. What did you say you were at? 20, 22 names that potentially be on the board? 27 if you want to talk like returnees for sellers. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot out there. It's not all going to happen, but it makes the most sense, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of just something to talk about. Right. Because, you know, we can look at it from one standpoint, the teams look at it from a different standpoint. And, um, yeah, you know, we say what we see fit in our opinion, and that's essentially what Collins Ward list is. So we're going to go through that in segment number two, uh, segment yeah, so number the, unless three, it's the Bulldogs, if it's, the Bulldogs if it's the Bulldogs, we kind of get the gist of yeah what they're looking for and what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, segment number three, of course, the power rankings. That's how we uh, end out every show. But uh, there's an interesting poll on the Ontario Hockey League website that we'll get to as well. So um, that is all coming up within the next 55 plus minutes or so here on the show. And we're going to get right into it, starting with the headlines from this past week. We'll kick things off with a couple of Peterborough Peets sweeping the player of the week categories and we'll start in the blue paint Uh, it is pete's goaltender michael simpson being named ohl goaltender of the week second time this season he takes home this honor he was 2-0 with a 1.00 goals against average safe percentage of 973 pete's closing out 2022 with a pair of wins first he stopped 40 of 41 against the Mississauga Steelheads. That was a 5-1 victory for the Peterborough Peets on home ice. And then he was back between the pipes on Sunday, a 6-1 road win against their arch rival, Oshawa Generals. He made 33 saves in that game for the victory. And then OHL player of the week is Connor Lockhart. I think we're going to see a lot of Pete's in the headlines, especially down the stretch. And uh, and when Brendan Offen gets back from the World Juniors, um, Vancouver Canucks prospect, four goals, five assists in three games for the Pete's. He was plus seven uh, as well. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, two and oh to end or a couple of victories to end 2022, a five one victory for Mississauga, six one over Oshawa. And then actually, I should mention that third win, six two in Kitchener. Uh, the Peterborough Peets won, so Lockhart named OHL Player of the Week. A couple of Peets taking home some of the OHL's highest honors from this past week. Also in the headlines, there was an injury, and Colin Ward absolutely loved this as soon as he saw it come out. Um, Owen Beck is headed out east as an injury replacement on Team Canada at the World Juniors as they begin medal round play 
well, we're recording on Monday, so hopefully they got through the quarterfinals once you hear this episode. But ah. uh, um, yeah, Owen Beck is going out east to uh, to play for Canada. At the 14 minute mark, right now the shots are five nothing Slovakia. That'd be a poor coverage defensive night again. Hopefully not, but yeah, we'll see. It's only the yeah. first period. As he occurred on Monday night, but yeah, right on for Beck. He should have made the team originally. Um, in game one on Boxing Day, that fiasco that was. Um, it kind <laughs> yes, we of, will. We we will for sure get to that. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we have some more that. junior talk coming up uh, later in this segment, but uh, yeah, that was that feels That's, like a game where you need a role player like Beck. Yeah, nobody nobody was in defensive coverage. And you know what? Let's just talk about it right now, Reese. Yes, Connor Bedard, incredible offensively. Incredible. But when you see the best players on your team turning away from a puck, a slow wrist shot just to throw it on net, like Connor Bedard turned away from that point shot, like, why would you defend? And then when you see Adam Fantilli and – like the commentary, like what are we talking about, guys? Mike Johnson saying Adam Fantilli did everything right on that play. He didn't even move. He shoulder checked when the guy was at center ice and all coming through the over the blue line. And next thing you know, the guy's in front of him. He's just reaching out there with his stick. And in the one picture on that goal, not one stick around the net, not one Canadian stick around the net was on the ice. Owen Beck comes from a great system. A great defensive system. Perfect guy for the for, for the fourth line for Team Canada as Connor Bernard scores. So, <laughs> so the shots Canada. are now five to one, but one nothing Canada. All right. Yeah. Five three. Oh, all right. Five three. There okay. we go. Yeah. There, yeah. Let's go. But, yeah. yeah. And yeah, also, no, it's... Oh. go ahead, Colin. Also, I just want to say, don't mind the voice there to the listeners. I got something in my throat this week. I don't know why. Maybe, possibly, maybe there's a little bit too much on New Year's. I don't know. Nothing wrong but, with that. Yeah, yeah, you know, they have those days. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what it is, but there's something in my throat. So, don't mind a little bit of a voice crack. So, just yeah. want to give the heads up. No problem at all. Um, do you want to get to the trades now? Unless you've got a couple well, of headlines yourself, Colin. I got, I got a big one. Um, a show guest, Gavin Bryant, attack mm. player of the week, had to say that he comes back, scores the OT winner against Kitchener. Um, the celebration on that goal, that was a good one. Um, a little bit of a knee bend there. He likes the knee bend. But, um, yeah. you know – but everyone around the league knows why he wears 13, and Pavel Datsuk would be proud about that. So, not going to call him the magic man because that's iconic for Pavel Datsuk. But, yeah, congratulations, Gavin, and uh, keep it up. You got work to do. You like that part. You got work to do. You like that. <laughs> but, yeah. Good week. Good week for him, and uh, keep it going. Keep it going. Mm hmm. Yeah, Owen Sound needs to start some rack, racking up some points after that very strong yes, start. Yes, do. So in the poll, um, we I thought we were gonna save that till the end, but we can go now. No, we can do it at the end. We can do it at the end. All right. 
Yeah, just at the end of the show, might as well with the power rankings. Might as well throw it just before we give our power rankings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big power ranking. Big power ranking this week, by the way. I went to work this week on it. I really went in-depth. Attaboy. Not even being sarcastic about it. Love that. Oh, yeah. That's unreal. All right. Um, Yes, we want to say thank you to another Monday uh, because of the Hamilton Bulldogs and London Knights hooking up for a trade. But that is going to be secondary. Yeah to a new year's trade and uh the niagara ice dogs have shipped pano femis to the erie otters in exchange for erie's second round pick in 2024 windsor's third round pick in 2024 oshawa's second round pick in 2025 hamilton's third round pick in 2025 and peterborough's second round pick in 2026 Colin Ward, we got the the text message from Brandon Caputo of the Dog Pound podcast. Just mm-hmm. check Twitter, boys. Oh, okay. I just saw a random tweet from Brandon or the I can't remember if it was Brandon or the Dog Pound show. I go, oh, okay. What's what's the big deal? It's just a tweet. And then I refreshed. I was like, oh, that's that's what happened. Yeah. So uh, Femus is off to Erie. Did he stay there? Or do you think he came back? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, just right? played a home and home. Yeah. Yeah, enjoyed the new year in Erie. Nice. Yeah. Nice place. Nice spot to uh enjoy the new year. But um yeah, interesting deal. Like we kind of both thought of the idea of what Erie was trying to do here, right? Like I mean, get a guy for next year, possibly the year after. OA year. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But Get off, get trade for Erie. Um, get trade for Niagara. Get those pieces. Niagara, if the recent events of trades indicate anything, these picks aren't going to last very long. Um, I think when we get to the next segment, we'll have a big one because there's a point here where I think not Mississauga and Niagara could have another trade. Um, obviously it's just hypothetical, and with the amount of picks now Niagara got yeah. in this deal, there might be something on the table if Mississauga goes full fire sale, but we will see. Um, it's something to get the listeners into. And um, that's what you think on social media as well. Next segment, when you hear that's it, a little bit of a teaser, yeah. but for Erie, they just needed center depth. Um, they got that. And yeah, basically like more depth. That's basically what Dave Brown said in his quote after the trade, but what else can you really say about it? Right. It's a good hockey mm-hmm. trade for both sides. Um, not really a surprise with what Niagara's been doing. Twenty-four trades now this year, right? It's not really a surprise. You knew something was going to happen. You know, something else is going to happen still. So, not really too surprised with it. Um, good deal. Panel will be good up for them. He'll be their first line center. Um, he'll bring a lot to the table for them. Uh, Erie still has a good top line there. They have good role players. It's just a team that can't figure it out. Like, you know, it just you see, it just seems that they just can't figure it out. And um, I didn't think it would be the year they're have like they would have, and this is a deal where it possibly puts them in a playoff spot, right? And I think that's the main objective for this team. They got a lot of points to catch up, but I think that's the move that they wanted to make and save their season for this year, help mm-hmm. them out next year, and possibly the year after that. Yeah, just with for Niagara fans out there listening to this, I'm sure that all of you thought that out of all of the players, he was one that would not go be that untouchable player that the ice dogs kind of had with him 
you know, being the highest player drafted um, in team history. And again, that was a different management group. That was a different ownership group. So really anything that they did goes out the window. um, If the new guys don't like what they did, which clearly they did not, but um, still, still kind of throws it out there saying, okay, this is your number one center um, going to, you know, go to bat for you in terms of your bid for the Memorial cup. Well, well, that's not happening anymore. So um, then you flip sides. Okay. Erie, what do they, what do they got around panel? What are they, you know, trying to build here? And you know, they're not going to win a championship this year. I think that's pretty obvious next year. I still think is a stretch for them to, to, you know, you know, even get into the final four uh, of the Ontario hockey league. So you're thinking, well, okay. Is this, is this, they're planning on having him for an overage season um, again, it's very unfortunate him, uh, guys like him, Ty Nelson, not going to see a full five years out of them. And you know, with Ty Nelson, we might probably won't even see him for an OA year anyways, but, um, yeah, you no. know, with that COVID season, not happening, they missed out on their rookie year. So for Pano really just could be a change of scenery, um, situation for him, you know, get him revamped and re-energized yeah. right with a different club and well, 24 and 24 points in 28 games with the Niagara Ice Dogs this year, Reese. Yeah, so just under just under a point of game player. So um yeah, different for sure. Not gonna be really easy to see him in different colors as it is with a lot of guys who are staples in, in an organization. But uh yeah, so Pano goes off to the Erie Otters for five picks. That took place New Year's Day. Uh the next day to follow the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um I don't like to call it a dismantling, but it kind of well, feels wanna, like it's what it's starting. But do you want to talk about the hit first with Erie Niagara since we were on the top? Are you going to go back to it? Uh, yeah, we can go with the hit. Sure. Yeah. So for set on Erie takes that hit there on Saturday, right? New Year's Eve. That um, tough hit. Thoughts and prayers with Brett. Um, you hate to see that. Um, you don't want to, you don't ever want to see that in the game. It's tough to see, uh, tough pill to swallow, right? You don't want to, like, you never hope to see that. You never want to see that stuff. And, um, hope all's well there. Um, that being said, it's, it's a questionable hit, right? Lavoie with Niagara there steps up, center ice, a little bit of a suey pass up the middle of the ice, I thought. Um, dangerous play. Um, to me, I think it's a five-game suspension. I don't think the stuff after all the melee and stuff, um, when that was all done and the dust settled, um, sorry to say, that skate off the ice from Lavoie to see the celebration and stuff, I don't think that's worth – like, I don't yeah. think that should be happening. I think that's kind of Bush League. But um, it happened, unfortunately. But – I think five games, and I just want to touch on that. Um, thoughts and prayers with Brissett. Hope everything's okay. Um, I believe everything's good. I heard he's in better spirits now. I saw on Twitter a couple quotes. So that's good. And um, hope everything gets better for you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you back soon. So mm-hmm. just want to mention that. Yeah, no, I I think I'm with you on that one, Wardy. You kind of slow it down and, you know, even even you, you sent, kind of sent a screenshot, although the quality not great, but not your fault. Um, yeah, you can see that elbow um, making contact with the head, so there's real no argument there at all. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's celebration after you you knock a guy out. And I mean, we talked about this beforehand. Yeah, you got to know. 
and not that we're using this as an excuse, you know, other than the suicide pass that Brissett kind of got, um, you know, it's, it, it's a play that Lavoie has to realize, yeah, this guy's going to have his head down. He's bent over a little bit. There's yeah. a solid chance, whether it's my elbow or my shoulder that I'm going to hit him in the head. And he just kind of maybe lay off and just maybe kind of stand there and just, you know, just try and have well, him fall down. But it's, it's tough, right? Because they're taking that hit out of the game. Like the center, the middle of the ice, we don't really see those hits anymore. Remember Cronwell used to always do that, right? Yeah. Turn his back. But you don't want to turn your back since you break a back. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a tough hit to make at center ice now because, like, I don't think kids are taught to make it. So that's why they get in these situations where we see kids aren't really taught to hit happen. at all. Exactly. And it's all like rub out stick stuff along the boards. It's not like there isn't a lot of middle of the ice hits anymore. Have we saw a middle of the ice hit this season, Reese? Like games we've been at? Like in Hamilton, I don't really recall any. I mean, Grush has a couple, but those are along the boards for the most part. Um, but yeah, there's really not a lot of hits like that anymore no. in the game. I don't think kids are really taught to hit at in the middle of the ice. It's all along the boards. I remember when I was playing, we had a uh, we had a body checking uh, clinic, which is very boring for goalies. So, <laughs> Come on, you boring. don't go behind the net and stand guys up? Come on, Ordy. Oh, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than going out behind the net and taking the dive. You know, when you can, like, go out behind the net and play the puck, you can, like, ring it. Mm-hmm. And then when the guy comes behind you, you can just, like, stick your back out and just kind yeah. of try to level him. And then when you dive, they get the penalty. Yeah, it's a rat move, but it's <laughs> happened before. <laughs> Dangerous play. But, yeah, that's all I want to say. I don't think we've taught that. Like, I don't think at the hitting clinic, I remember watching it, like, we didn't, like, do anything in the middle of the ice. It's all boards. So, like, it started with, like, our age group. Mm-hmm. Like, we're 24 and, like, I don't even remember a lot of the middle ice hits. So it's been leaving for a while now, and you don't really see it that much in the NHL as well anymore. Like, it's all along the boards, rub out stuff. You don't see a lot of guys step up anymore. Like, Cronwall really made that famous, right, the Cronwall. But mm-hmm. you, middle of the ice, like, no, I don't think I've saw it. And I just think it's one of those things where you're taught that. And it was a, and it was a chippy game all along, that game in Erie. Second of the back-to-back. I think the league's got to do something about that, too. These New Year's home-and-homes. I know I know that we, like, appreciate those mini-series. I mean, Hamilton and Mississauga had, what, eight fights in two games? And it got completely out of control? Yeah, it was, uh, it was timed that second period on Friday was 50 minutes long. Just the second yeah. period. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's going around. And then the London Sarnia game in London, it was terrible. Like, the chippiness. And then Erie-Niagara, another chippy game. We got to do something about this. Like, in my opinion, it's the officiating's problem. And I know, I know this might get me in trouble. No, 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 no. Yeah. The officials let Friday's game between Mississauga and Hamilton get out of hand. Absolutely and I think they let, agree. And, they let, and I thought they let it get, get out of hand as well in um, London. Against Sarnia, the second game of the back-to-back, I think like I and it might be like I might get in trouble for saying this one. We might get a response, Reese, but I'm sorry, I'll take the heat. But if like, what are we doing? A guy. So in the Hamilton game, for instance, on Friday evening, a stick gets broken 
two-hand slash right in front of the one referee. No call. Next thing you know, there's a knee. There's a knee at center ice. The same spot, actually, as the Lavoie hit on Brissette. Just mm-hmm. inside the blue line. Middle of the ice, it was a knee on knee. This started with a five-minute major. A five-minute major review. It goes down to a two, and then no penalty at all. I've never saw that yet this year. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? So, the officials are kind of, like, our officials are good, but there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's debatable, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, love the league type thing, right? But it's got to be better. Um, first, we have mouth guards. We're going to have visors eventually. You know it's almost that time of the year where we're going to have visor violations. You notice all of a sudden now the mouth guard violations are going down. We still see guys without mouth guards. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's interesting to me. Um, it's just that time of the month, time of the year. We do that every year. There's mouth guards it starts with. Then it, then the next month, we see stuff like this where games go to hand in the middle of the season, pre-deadline. There's frustration going involved. And then we see the um, visor violations. We see it all the time. Nothing ever changes. So I think there's got to be change. And I think a lot of it comes on the officials. They let these games be out of control. You can't have eight to ten fights in two games back-to-back days. I mean, the crowd was in it in Hamilton. But at the same time, when you see these calls where they're just terrible and they're not being called or we'll see – and I don't know about you, Reese, but this year I think it's been the most teams getting back-to-back power plays this year. You see teams get two power plays in a row every game nowadays. Before, you used to see it even up and stuff. But – Unless I'm just nitpicking on that, but like it's still there, mm-hmm. and you got to be better. It's got to be better in the officiating, um, and that's my main point of that. I think that these games go to control because the officials aren't really setting a standard, and we see it all the time, and that's why these games aren't good, quite frankly, because we're seeing we're not having a standard. So that. I agree with you 100%. Hopefully, don't get too much uh, negative feedback for saying that one. But it's a fact, though. Exactly. It's a fact. So, just wanted to mention that. Uh, All right. We got about three, three and a half minutes left, just so we make sure we get in that big segment number two um, on this week's show. Yeah. And for anyone out there, we'll have a full breakdown. Um, coming later this week on the Hammertown podcast, which is also uh, on the Bulldogs audio network. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, um, on this show, but if you want to hear a full breakdown of what we think about it, um, check out the Hammertown podcast. Yeah. So uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs, this happened on Monday, January 2nd. That's why we are celebrating another Monday. Uh, Ryan Humphrey and Ryan Winterton, who has yet to play a game this season, um, but is very close, goes to London for Carson Lloyd. And Luca Testa, and and as well, uh, Mississauga's second round pick in 2026. Which, uh, if we see Hamilton make another McTavish-like move, that pick will probably be included um, in that mm-hmm. deal going back the other way. So, um, yeah, really, two experienced vets that won an OHL championship last year, um, going to London for two young players as well as a draft pick, and that's 
what you expect Hamilton to be in a season following a championship and really any team following a championship um, in the Ontario Hockey League and even in the Canadian Hockey League, right? That's just the way things go. Um, Testa, Grimsby native, so he's coming back locally um, to the Hamilton-Niagara area. Uh, He was a former 15th overall pick in this past OHL priority selection and had a great, uh, great junior B run as an underager with the St. Catharines Falcons. He had 17 points in 18 games, um, helping the Falcons capture the 2022 Sutherland Cup. Uh, This season in London, he has just one goal and two assists in 15 games. But of course, being a young guy, on a hunter coach squad, um, a lot of proving to do, a lot of ice time that um, you're probably missing out on. But uh, uh, for him coming to Hamilton with a very young team and an even younger team now, uh, he's going to get all the chance in the world to to show exactly what he is capable of doing. And you know, for us as you know, guys who are on the audio network who are around the Hamilton Bulldogs, we hope to see a lot of Testa Van Acker. Um, yeah. connections, and I know you're a Del High right. guy, very, very, uh, very happy about that. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it makes sense for both sides, right? London gets London gets oh. better today, Hamilton gets London better for a year or two down the road. Yeah, and don't don't count Winterton out for an overage year. I mean, Ryan Winterton, he hasn't been healthy. Um, quite frankly, I mean, props to him for battling out during the Memorial Cup like the way he did. Um, he was injured that whole run, that whole playoff run after the North Bay series. He was hurt. You could see that. Um, props to him for what he did during that run. Um, props to Humpy as well, Ryan Humphrey. Um, two guys that are going to be missed around the dressing room of the Hamilton Bulldogs, but they're going to be great for the London Knights. Um, Ryan Winterton's what the London Knights needed. Um, remember a, lot, a couple weeks ago, right, we were talking about when we were last on here, we talked about brett harrison right going to london but we didn't see where brett harrison would fit in yeah. ryan winterton fits in ryan winterton is what they need he can drive a line he can play with george diaco which is massive he can play with a lot of guys on that team in their top six and make them better he comes in there and he's instantly a leader and don't count him that like don't count him out on being back for an overage season as well next year because if he gets hurt seattle's gonna send him back and it's a good move it's a good move for both sides. And then I tweeted out there on Monday afternoon, Reese, about the Bulldogs now for the return. I mean, Testa, the 15th overall pick. Merrick Benacker, 23rd overall. Mason Ray, 49th. Callum Chanowski, 63rd. We've already saw what he can do in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He's looked impressive when he's played. Um, and David Egeroff, 64th. That's their first four rounds in the draft now. Very, very, very elite company there for Testa to join. And um, very impressive uh, draft for the Hamilton Bulldogs as well. And GM Matt Turek certainly knows how to develop. Very good guy. We spoke to him mm-hmm. on Saturday in Mississauga. Very good guy. When you talk to him, you instantly feel great. Positive guy. He knows what he's doing. And um, Bulldogs will be okay. London's going to be good. And we'll see what happens here because I don't think the Bulldogs are done. And possibly by the time this episode's out, there could be another trade with the Hamilton Bulldogs. So don't be surprised about that as well. Bulldogs are definitely not done. Yeah, uh, we'll have a full breakdown, of course, next week on our on our trade deadline show, and it may be delayed yeah. a little bit just by the time of the deadline. Yeah, it'll probably be a Wednesday, Wednesday show with the deadline being on Tuesday. Um, so 
just be prepared for that. But yeah, we'll break it all down for you on next week's edition of the OHL in 60 podcast. But right now it's time for a break. When we come back, we're kind of leading into that trade deadline show. Colin Ward has 22, possibly 27 names who may be on the move come next Tuesday, um, January 10th. So make sure you stick around for that here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Time for the fun segment, the really fun segment, I should say. Uh, Colin Ward has 22 to 27 names who could be on the move, who we think could be on the move, and who might actually be on the move as we speak and wait for Tuesday night to come when we release the episode. So. Yeah, and I'm fu- yeah, and I'm fired up for about like just in general right now because between segments, recent, uh, well, I kind of brought it up, but Ohio State being two points, I can't believe this went till the second segment. We're we were two points away from playing on Monday night. Can't believe it. The national championship. Cannot believe it. So that's devastating. And, like, everyone's chirping the kicker, but 48 yards in college football is, like, yeah. 58 yards. Yeah. Like, it sucks we couldn't have another play. If we would have had another play, probably get down to, like, a 38-yarder, 30-yarder. So, that would have been nice, but didn't happen. But lost to the best team in college football by one point. So, pretty good. We bounced back. We did, That's a bounce back after the fluke that happened at home last game. So, that was good. Yeah, well, we lost to a team called the Horned Frogs. So, tells <laughs> yeah, you hey, to know. what a name. What a name. Like, TCU is good. TCU is a strong team. And we were talking about that in the press box, though, before the game. Against Mississauga, Hamilton, Mississauga. And we were talking with Reed, big college football fan, by the way, Reed Duffy, the voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs. And we were talking about the college football playoff. And, like, man, TCU is good. TCU is a good team. They're a strong team. Good offensive line. Good defensive line. You win a line of scrimmage, you'll win football games. So, I got energized during the interme- during the intermission slash break during the flood. Yeah, I during the, the flood, energy. I like I that. Think, that works. I think that's what we got to call. That's what we got to call our segments. All right, Play the I'm monster. in. I'm in. Hit the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Get the smelling salts out on the bench. Yeah, Colin Ward, big smelling salts guy. <laughs> oh. It does wonders. Never done them. I don't know what it's like. Clear your sinuses out. If yeah, sometimes sick, I do need that. Yeah. Yeah, if you're sick, like I was for like three weeks, I still have the cough. Yeah. So, you do. Like, yeah, it's been like five, six weeks now. So yeah. it helps, though. It helps if your sinuses are cleared. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good one. All right. On okay. To the- On to the list, Colin. Uh, Name number one. Let me start start from the bottom. Yeah, we'll start with the smaller name. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah, start with the smaller names, and then we'll work our way up. And then we'll do the returnees after. Yeah, yeah, that works. Okay. And then basically we'll just think what team this fits, like what they fit, right? So first I'm going to start off Nathan Rebo from the Niagara Ice Dogs, number 22 on my list and it's really not 
ordered in play because you're going to see as we move on, there's some really good players ranked higher because there's uncertainty. So Nathan Rebo, 22 to me from Niagara. He has playoff success last year. He was really good in that seven-game series against the Hamilton Bulldogs, Reeves. Um, Really good pickup for any team, I think, to put you over the hump. It depends, though. I think it's one of those things where teams get desperate late in the deadline where he goes. But Nathan Rebo, to me, is a good one. And I, I think a really good team, but it's hard, right, with the OA situation. I don't think teams like North Bay can really trade an OA because they're so loaded up there. So, But you could see a team that needs a veteran. Um, maybe Owen Sound trades an OA for a guy like Rebo. That would be pretty good. Um, they need defense. Rebo would look good there. So, mm-hmm. But Nathan Rebo, 22 on my list. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. And no, it's 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 really all all based on the ice dogs, right? It really is based on them. What are they looking to get out of the deadline? We've seen what they've done throughout the year. Yeah. You know, whether you want to base your decision off of all twenty some odd, thirty some odd moves made, um, really just question what the ice dogs are wanting to do um at the deadline, right? We I think it's already been confirmed that they aren't going for it. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, you know, they're not willing to buy at all. Although you kind of look at Lavoie as maybe a buy move, but then again, they send Panofemus away yeah, to Erie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're really trying to base it off of next year. They have no interest really in this year. And, you know, I'm not saying that as in it's just a wash already and they're just going to pack up and go and lose every game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they realize they're out of it. They realize that they have no chance of winning this year. So it's really up to them what they want to do. If Rebo is that late pick, like you said, Wardy, that late pickup in the uh, trade deadline. That, you know, one of those last-minute OA day. Yeah. OA deadline type deal. Yeah, exactly. And for Niagara, that benefits them because teams will have to probably leverage. give up more to yeah, get them. Leverage. You know, yeah, maybe, like, maybe instead of an eighth-round pick, Niagara gets a sixth back or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that just as a frame of reference. But um, – yeah, we'll talk about this with all the Niagara players that we have on this list, but yeah, really, really wondering what they want to get out of this trade deadline. That is the big question. Yeah, absolutely. There's three Niagara players back to back. Next, I have Josh Rosenzweig, goaltender for the Ice Dogs. I think this is a move where there's a couple of goalies in front of him that we will see, but Rosenzweig, I think there's some teams in the league that aren't confident with their starters that are currently in the top five in their conference. I think Rosenzweig could go to a team. Like I looked at Barry, for instance, where you could go to a team there and be a good backup for a team that has a chance, right? If they get Brandon Clark back mm-hmm. um, from the oh, LA God, Kings yeah. after the world juniors, right? You never know. So I think Rosenzweig is that guy that can really give you that. Oh, he can give you that overage experience as well for next season. And he can, it could be a good backup this year. Maybe a team like Sault Ste. Marie for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, have a competition at a goaltending spot next year in the Sioux. You put in for the Mem Cup. That's a spot. Mate, possibly Saginaw. Possibly there's a flop there with Saginaw. So, you never know. You know, Oak and, Oak, Oak and Rosenzweig might not be too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's been established that Flores is the number one guy. He'll probably be that number one guy for the Memorial mm-hmm. Cup next year, barring a you know huge trade where they go out and get 
the top goaltender in the league next year. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. obvious. Rosenzweig is number two. And uh, yeah, I agree. He would be a very solid backup for a team that has defense in front of him. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, because it's real. It's real. Like we were talking before the show. Again, we're not knocking teams, but it really is tough to judge goaltending in Niagara with all the holes that we've seen throughout the year. Their defense is the worst I've saw this year. Yeah. Quite frankly, it's the worst defensive core I have saw this year. Um, a lot of holes. You get behind their defense, you you're hard if you're hard on the four check, you can make any defensive core look bad. Yeah. But this team, I mean, if you get behind their defense and put put them make them battle in the corners, you win battles. I mean, Wednesday night, last Wednesday when they were in Hamilton, they can get out of their own end. In the mm-hmm. fa- that was a game. The only reason that was a close game is because Owen Flores. And it's one of those things where you got to get the puck out of your own end. They didn't, they couldn't move the puck up in transition. I mean, when they did, they were okay, but they just couldn't win battles and they couldn't get the puck out of their own end. And that's usually that's why their record is what it is. Um, from what I've saw so far, that's what I think. I don't think the defense is that great. And um, there's a lot of holes there. Who's that? David Jesus, Niagara. And then we'll take it easy on the Niagara Ice Dogs because there's only yeah. one after that, but it's up the list a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, David Jesus is my next one, veteran defenseman. Um, be that fifth, sixth defenseman on a good team. Yeah. Kind um, of that same situation if you Rebo. Low risk. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. It's similar to me as the Giordano Biondi deal last year for the Bulldogs, but you're older, so yeah. that's a tough. That's where it's different, but just throwing. That's just a last minute overage deal. Um, next one on the list: Ethan Larman, Sudbury Wolves. Um, Sudbury, I think there's a couple guys in Sudbury that will be on the move. On the move, I think he's the biggest one. On the move, in my opinion, um, 2003 born. He only has 17 points in 28 games. Not too bad of a season. Um, only a minus four. So he's had some success. Mm-hmm. I think that he'd be a good guy to get. Similar how he mentioned the Beyondy deal last year. He'd be he'd, he's a guy that can really put you over the top and probably want to give up as much as you think. And I think a t- place like North Bay would be good. A place like Ottawa would be good if Ottawa wants to go all in. I don't know if they necessarily will. I feel like next year's the year for Ottawa to be even better, believe it or not. But he'd be a good pickup there as well. Yeah, On a market that you, yeah, a market that you just see not selling completely off, but um, definitely not buyers in the Sudbury Wolves. So I like I like that move. I feel like it would work out well, mm-hmm. as like you said. Um, not not a top guy, but uh, middle of the pack to lower depth guy. So um, yeah, on to the next guy, Wardy. Absolutely. Um, Ryan Gagne from the Oshawa Generals, 33 points in 32 games to minus four on the season. I think Oshawa, they have to sell. Mm-hmm. I think they have to sell. Um, they have some guys there that are young coming up in Richie who are really good hockey players, but they have some they have some older guys. I didn't think Oshawa would be where they are in the standings. I really didn't. Um, I thought they would be a little bit better than what they are. Um but 33 points in 32 games, there's definitely some value there for the overager in Gagne. I think a team takes a flyer on him. For instance, I think if a guy like Logan Morrison or whatever, like one of these elite OAs, like the top OAs available, with the Ottawa 67s having a slot open, I look there and I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, maybe if those don't fall through, a guy like Gagne ends up there. 
you know. Mm-hmm. You add a you add a couple thirds, couple fourths, and um, you don't have to give up that high rest that high rank prospect in your system who you like who you really don't want to part ways with which, what you would for a guy like Morris and Hayes for those elite overages you would have to do that but in this case you wouldn't so maybe that's a good fallback option for a team like Ottawa who has no A spot available um, to my next one yeah the Kingston Frontenacs I have Ben Roger I think Ben Roger very good defensive defenseman Reese drafted player I think he's a guy you know too he's an overager what a good pickup there similar you look at Ottawa an overage spot available um, I look at Windsor Right, if you're Windsor, I know you have a lot of OAs, and the Ben Roger can step in and be that veteran OA on the D, like we saw from Andrew Parrott last year. Obviously, they're not the same type of player, Parrott and Roger, not even close. But Roger can bring that defensive presence. He can be a shutdown defenseman against any line yeah. on the opposition. He can be a good shutdown guy. Um, I really like Ben Rogers' game. Ben Rogers, my next one. Yeah, a guy that stands six four. I don't think you're going to say no a whole lot of times. Um, to a man that big, I mean, less than 200 pounds, um, which means he could probably move a little bit faster than a lot of six, four defensemen. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he's a second round pick, um, that adds value in itself. Um, he's plus two on the season, right? So it's not like he's Mm -hmm. on the ice for the majority of the goals given up. Um, so yeah, I I like that. And Windsor has been known to have guys who are six, four, five and six, um, play in their lineup. So. Uh, yeah. I, I like that move. And I think Kingston made it, has made it clear that again, they are looking towards next year banking on a Memorial cup um, host hosting of like hosting the event, spit it out Reese, but um, oh, yeah. really just seems like that's where they are right now. And I think Ben Rogers um, that OA that makes the most sense for them to move on from. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a good move for them. I think it's a good move for anyone to pick up Ben Rogers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my next player Amandeus Lombardi, Flint. Um, with him recently signing his entry-level deal after we talked about it on the previous show about Lombardi returning next year, well, that looks very slim now. Yeah. Um, after signing his entry-level deal, and then you have the rumors and stuff start to swirl. And here's why. Lombardi has 47 points in 34 games, the plus seven, only 10 penalty minutes on the year. I think he's a, I think he's a star in this league. Um if any team can get a chance to get a Lombardi, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know who really strikes me as a team that could be all in on Lombardi is the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, you know they don't have a lot of picks left, but they have some young talent there, where you could possibly give up a, some young talent, and then the picks you do have, you get. They get a guy like a Lombardi because I think you get a guy like Lombardi, it really puts them over the top. You know, you have a good goaltender, you have a solid, solid top six up front, you got a good decor. Um, that's one for me. That's a team where it's just like their pick situation being what it is now after the big trade for Moore and Archery. It's kind of dip, it's kind of tough, mm-hmm. but when I watch Lombardi, he just fits that system like as a hockey when you see systems and stuff, he just fits their system. He fits the way they want to play. And I see Lombardi. I could see him with Francesco Pinelli. And, like, I see a lot of success. It, obviously, it's tough to make happen. But I want to see those guys play together because I think it would be a really good duo in the OHL. Yeah, and, and you, you, 
when when you talk about acquiring a center, you want to acquire a center that knows how to win faceoffs as well, right? Um, you're looking for a guy that can win it in big situations, whether you have your net empty, the other team has their net empty when you're up by one or mm-hmm. down by one, vice versa. Um, and yeah, Lombardi totally fits that. Like you said, he's got 47 points, five of the 22 goals he's got are on the power plays also scored shorthanded. So he gets it done, um, both on the power play and the penalty kill. Um, yeah, just, just a guy that I think that you should acquire not only for his points, but for his face off ability as well. Yeah. What do you bring to the table? I like that. Yeah. Um, next on my list of Tristan Lennox. Saginaw. Um, with with the goaltending situation being what it is for Saginaw, the amount of picks they should have, they could acquire for Lennox, I don't really know, but they have a backup there in Fullerton, who is an 4 You've got to give him a shot behind Oak. Um, I think Lennox is definitely on the block, and uh, it's been talked about now for a while, I guess. Right, Tristan Lennox being mm-hmm. moved. Remember last year there was talks. Year before that, even there were talks. Um, don't know how serious, but like you see, always oh, saw him in the rumor mill. Um, Tristan Lennox is right back there. I think he's a guy that could really help a team um, in that backup spot. But you want to use an only spot on a backup goalie because every good team, every good team has a good goal. It's yeah. so hard to yeah. get a goal. They have a good goal. They're good for a reason, right? You have to have a good goal. You'd be good. So it's tough, right, to add a goal at the deadline unless they're really good. I think there's only one goaltender on the block who I think could really help any team in the league that's not in the top five teams, I guess. We'll get to him, but I think you know who he is eventually. But um, good goaltender, I think he can definitely help a team that's in that six to eight spot mm-hmm. in a conference. Well, one, it's a common theme with Kingston, Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, Niagara, right? Acquire picks for next year and make that Mason mm-hmm. McTavish deal. Um, yeah. No, and Lennox fits that perfectly. You have 04 goaltenders in Fullerton and Oak. Oak being a Michigan native, I think that helps promote the team as well for next year. You have a, you know, a hometown really goaltender goaltender playing for your team, and you're going for Memorial Cup. Um, I think that has a nice story to it, a nice ring to it. So, um, if Lennox doesn't go, I won't be surprised. But if he does, I won't be surprised either because yeah. I think both, both scenarios make a whole lot of sense for Saginaw. Yeah, same here. Um, next on the list from Hamilton, their goaltender. Mateo Drobak. Um, we've saw Drobak up close this year. If Hamilton's going to ultimately oversell, if they're going to sell it all, I think Drobak makes sense to go. Um, where he can go, that's the question, right? Who's going to take the flyer on him? Mm-hmm. Um, what would happen there? But they have they have a good young goaltender coming up by the, with a kid named uh, David Igorov. Was that the U16 challenge there? Are you 17 challenged? A very good hockey player, very good goaltender. Um, very structured, one of the best goaltenders in this draft. Hamilton's very high on him. So don't be surprised there if they go Malva Figure off in the second half if they can get the right offer for drawback. But that's the only way you make the deal if you can get the right offer for drawback. But if you're going to ultimately sell it, I think there's def- you're definitely taking the conversations. I can tell you right now from firsthand experience, Reese, we're around the team all the time. GM Matt Turk's taking calls like crazy. So it could be out there. Yeah. It could be out there. And that's one where I could see happening if they get the right offer. And if there's a team in need of a goal center that would overpay at the last minute yeah. of a deadline. 
Well, I think the chemistry with him and Marco Costantini last year really helped, right? We saw how good they were. You know, they yeah. were the, they really were a one A one B throughout the regular season, and then, you know, ultimately, ultimately, excuse me, I think you knew who the number one was all along in Marco Costantini, but you know the it, he. The fact that you were able to throw Joe back in there and he was able to get you wins. Two goaltending, 19 wins last year. Yeah, he was 19-2-1 as a backup. Um, yeah. So, makes a lot of sense. Um, we saw how strong the defense was for Hamilton last year. Uh, still strong, but obviously not at the point that they were last year. Um, you know, put him behind a group that knows how to defend in their own end, knows how to keep pucks away from the front of the net. Uh, yeah, this makes perfect sense as a backup goaltender for a team that is going for a Memorial Cup championship or an OHL championship. We'll start there and then a Memorial Cup. Worry about that after. Well, speaking of Memorial Cup, I know this is a tough one to make recently. I know you kind of probably know where I'm going with this one. What happens if the Niagara Ice Dogs make a big offer for Mateo Drobak to be their starting goaltender next year with Owen Flores? Oh, yeah. You know? That's not a bad idea. They've done it this year already. They get picks and they flop it. Yeah. That's one that's interesting. That could be a summertime deal. But that's that one to me, um, really, for some reason, I think Niagara when I think of drawback now. But I don't know 100%, but that would be an interesting one for next year with the MCOP. And obviously, mm-hmm. Niagara really likes Owen Flores. Um, from what we've heard from their front office and stuff, they really like Owen Flores. So, Highly unlikely, but that's a spot to me where I feel like an OA goaltender next year, if you want to host an M Cup, could really put you over the hump. And uh, Drawback would definitely be a good goaltender on any team in this league. Um, we know what he's capable of. Next on the list, speaking of the Niagara Ice Dogs, Reese, Nolan Dan. I think Nolan Dan is probably the next biggest lock on the Ice Dogs to get moved at the deadline. Um, what, what else do they have left? Right? You know they're yeah. going to make a move at the deadline. Yeah. You know they're going to make a move at the deadline. They've made 24 trades already. Um, I think Nolan Dan's probably the most likely to get traded. Um, nothing really else you can say. He's no three, has no has an overage year next year. He has thirteen points in thirty games, a minus eighteen on the year. Yeah, one tough. stat though, yeah, one stat though that really sticks out to me. He only has two penalty minutes on the year. So low, not to give up a lot. Maybe a team like North Bay, mm-hmm. you know, put it, put him on that fourth line. Like how Hamilton picked up Biondi last year. Ethan Sims last year, right? Yep. Those guys were big last year down the stretch for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Well, and that's the thing, right? We've seen, we've seen his potential when he's playing, um, you know, top minutes, getting regular ice time. He scored 29 goals last year. Um, yeah. 64 games played for the Sarnia Sting, right? So there's a history of their history there of him, being successful and able to put up points. And, you know, even he had 165 shots on goal uh, last year. Um, You know, he was a minus. So obviously the minus category is not a positive. If you're looking for guys to play on shutdown lines and be a third or fourth line grinder. Um, But if you're looking for lower scoring depth, um, I definitely agree with this move. And he is now, other than Lavoie, but I don't see him being traded by the Ice Dogs. Um, he is that top guy that you're right. He is on the trade block, and I think the Ice Dogs will move on from him, um, albeit less than a season in Niagara, but um, it's been the common theme, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. 100% it is there. And they got to clean things up. And I think with get a guy like Dan getting a fresh start somewhere else could really get his game going. And I mean, last year, 29 goals, like you said, Reese. Yeah. Very good season. And um, yeah, get him a new chance to uh, revive his career. Yeah. Next on the list, uh, 12 more to go. Um, next from Hamilton, Artem Grushnikov. My opinion, I think Grushnikov, and I've been saying this for a while, maybe since last year. Dallas is very deep in the prospect system, but Artem Grushnikov, I think, is the most underrated prospect. Um, he can do it all. Very steady, steady, fierce defensive presence. I mean, probably the strongest defenseman on the Bulldogs' decor, and they got a lot of big, strong defensemen. Um, when you see this kid um, before the game, I mean, he's got he's got the legs where you used to say with the tree trunks, you know, that stick yep. out. Yeah, Artem Grushnikov, huge. Um, Big lower body, very strong, um, and you can see that in this play. Um, very strong, one of the best hitters in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, you don't see a guy make a hip check like Artem Grushnikov too often. Very strong defensive defenseman. Um, more offense this year. Um, contributing both ends of the ice. Gets pucks out. Um, gets pucks out very well, actually, this yeah. year. I've noticed a lot. Makes a good first pass. Um, eats a ton of shots. The penalty kill on the weak side for the Bulldogs could basically be Artem Grushnikov blocking shots. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. He doesn't lose battles. I think he's Hamilton's best defenseman. Two uh, overall defenseman, defense like the defense part. Artem Grushnikov is their best yeah. defenseman. Very steady. Um, one the question is though with the import stuff, right? Hamilton does. That's Hamilton's only import that they have. So. They, could, they don't have to necessarily take an import back, but they probably could help you, a team go import for import and then add the picks. But that's one to me where I think any team in the top five of each conference should be all over. They held the ball. Let's get our confusion off. Very, very good defenseman. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna score. He's not gonna win games for you on the score sheet. He's gonna win games with his legs and um, his ability to block shots, like you said, Colin. Um, just just a strong guy. You don't want to mess with, really. That's that's yeah. how that's how the Bulldogs can advertise him to teams, right? He's got that fear factor that Arbor Jack I had last year. Whenever he was yes. on the ice, um, you know, it, like I said, Grushnikov's not gonna score. He's not going to provide a lot of offense for you, but he will be responsible in his own end. He will be in lanes. His stick will be on the ice to block passes. Um, just, just a responsible guy you want in your own end and a guy you can put on the ice with less than a minute to go up by one yeah. in game seven of the Ontario hockey league finals. Yes, absolutely. Do you remember that last year in game two when the Hamilton Bulldogs had that five on three, they were shorthanded and Arden Grushnikov blocked like six shots yep. on the penalty kill. Or was that yep. game five? I think it was I'm game pretty five sure it was, I thought it was game two because there was that worry that, oh, crap, we're already down one nothing. Are we going to go down 2 nothing after we have an early five-on-three against us? I think it was game two. Okay. Yeah. But, it was, like, I just remember him blocking – like, he had blocked, like, six or seven shots on that, on that penalty kill. Oh, yeah. Kill. Yeah, yeah. And if the penalty kill – like, they only killed the penalty because Artem Grushnikov blocking shots. Mm-hmm. Like, legit. Like, the whole the side of the ice, he was out of the triangle. Nothing got through. And that's just what he brings to the table, and that wins you championships. 
Artem Grushnikov was a massive part of the Hamilton Bulldogs winning the OHL championship last year and having the success they did. Artem Grushnikov was massive, a massive influence on that run. Very good pickup. Um, Next up, Shane Wright, Kingston Frontenacs. The only reason why he's not number one is because we don't know. And that's all I have on this one. If he comes back, he's definitely going to get moved. But that's something we'll find out after the gold medal game. That'll be the biggest news for next week's show, probably, Mm -hmm. with what happens there. So that's all I have for that one. Now we're in the top ten, Reese. Um, Ten, Gavin White, Hales and Bulldogs. Um, Over a point a game, 22 points in 21 games, seven goals, 15 assists, plus seven. Only four penalty minutes on the year for a team that has a lot of them. Um, 75 shots on goal. He can bring you, he can bring you that Steos effect that he brought to the Bulldogs last year. Yeah. Very good puck moving defense. He can run your power play. Um, very good player. Very shifty. Gets pucks out. Um, brings that offense mm-hmm. that you would want out of your back end. I think he's the second best available after the Leighton Moore deal. Similar to Leighton Moore. Those two are very similar. Yeah, he Gavin White will carry the puck on the rush. He will shoot if he has the opportunity to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, on his on that on that left wing, yeah, he'll he he won't care. He'll lead the rush. He'll go by the other team's defense, not a problem at all, and just shoot to score. And you know, we talk about how responsible Grushnikov and how good defensively he is. Well, Gavin White. Does it at both ends of the ice? He brings that offensive side that Grushnikov doesn't have. Maybe not the toughness that Grushnikov has, but still mm-hmm. very effective in his own end. Very effective in the in the opposition end, right? And he runs that power play for the Hamilton Bulldogs. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I like that. I like the late and more pickup by Kitchener, and I think Gavin White's right behind that move. Um, yeah, it, you know, we had him on the Hammertown podcast. And you just listen to the way he talks, right? You talk about him being a U18 draft pick. That was a very high hit, um, you know, being a Dallas draft pick uh, in the fourth round. So, yeah, um, that well, just talks about how, back. yeah, that's just, that tells you how hard he works and, you know, how much he wants to win. And he was able to do so last year and get to a Memorial Cup final. I'm sure he wants to do the exact same thing, but win the Memorial Cup this year, right? So that's just a guy that's hungry to win. Yeah. And and it would work out for any team that decides to get him. When I see Gavin White, I think of Peterborough Peets. Mm. Peterborough, Peterborough's got the forward. I mean, they're going to see another forward out there. But thinking of a forward and a defenseman, that would really help. And I think Gavin White would really help the Peterborough Peets on the power play because I don't know what Peterborough brings to the table on the power play, to be honest. Um, I think Gavin White would really help them. Plus, a team like Hamilton has multiple OAs. You can see an OA coming back to Hamilton in a move like that. But that's the type of deal I see um, Gavin White being in if it happens. But on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Brett Harrison from the Oshawa Generals. Um, I think this is an automatic. I think the Oshawa Generals need to sell, and I think him being their best player, well, one of their best players, one of the two, I would say, after the late Moore deal. Um, you have to move Brett Harrison now that you move more. Well, you don't have to, but I feel like it's a big move for them yeah. to do so. And the amount of picks they can get or the prospect they can get, this is a big ticket for them. Um, Harrison having 33 points in 27 games is a plus six, four penalty minutes on the year. Um, don't count out a team like London on this. Um, he's a guy that could really put them over the top, I think. But I think they only have one more move left after the move they made for Humphrey and Winterton. I don't think they only really have one move 
they can really make with the picks. They didn't give up a lot of picks in that deal. They gave up prospects, so that helps them. And I don't think the London Knights are, are done. So that's a big one. Uh, yeah, that's, kinda... the, that's the thing now with the Knights, right? They made that big move that uh, you expected them to, getting very two or getting two very good offensive <laughs> guys, right? You don't want to overload the lineup now with skill because that's when you get into trouble with egos. That's when you get into yes. trouble with guys wanting ice time, more ice time than anyone else. So um, you obviously have to be Ooh. careful with that. So, I mean, I still like that Harrison move. I think we've talked about that for weeks now, um, how he mm-hmm. would fit in with the London Knights. But now you kind of reevaluate that with the Winterton and Humphrey deal already being made. So. Um, yeah. It would still work out, I think, but yeah, you don't want to overload the lineup with skill, right? Because it's sometimes that really runs you into a big issue, aka the 2019 Niagara Ice Dogs. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's their uh, draft picks for London Knights. They have one second right now this year. They have two thirds this year. Hamilton Kitchener. Um, next year they have no seconds. They have two thirds. Year after that they have a second, third, and two fourths. So there is a little bit of pick save they can make. Yeah, yeah a couple of thirds um, could go. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the, a second. the two seconds. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably have to do the two seconds too. Yeah. But they could definitely talk to entertain that trade still. Mm-hmm. A lot of nights. So that's one or the Windsor Spitfires. I'd yeah. see Maggio and, Har- Maggio and Harrison would be a nice duo there. Mm-hmm. Plus, with those young guys coming up, you see Miedema having the year he's having. You know, you got some good players there. Pierre. Um, I think that's one there that. Harrison would fit in with the Windsor Spitfires too. So that's one another option too. And I think Oshawa would like to trade him to a Western Conference team, you would think. Mm-hmm. So there's my there's the two places that I think he could go to and fit in right away. Uh, up next, Mississauga Steelheads at eight. Luca Del Bell believes. Oh three. What's Mississauga gonna do? You know, what are they gonna do? I think they've played their way out of it, to be honest. They have a lot of they have to move in a way as well. Um, I think that they got the opportunity here. Delbel Blues being in 03, he's not going to be back next year. Got AHL eligibility, a lot of points 38 points in 33 games, to minus eight on the season. I think you're definitely listening to offers on Delbel Blues. It's a tough move to make, but I think that once we get to the pl- next player on the, on the list, you're going to see why. And it just makes sense right now, I think, the way they're playing. Yeah, they aren't the they aren't the number one, number two, number three team that we saw throughout last year and the the beginning of this year, right? It's just whatever's happened, um, they haven't been able to recover um at all. And I mean, they still have time. They don't have to do anything, really. Nobody has to do anything. You still have half the season, yeah. literally. You still have thirty four games left to go. Um, but you know, this is they a could, deep hole that you kind of have dug yourself into in terms of trying to catch those um, top three, four teams, definitely top two in Ottawa and North Bay. Um, you've kind of mm-hmm. played your way out of winning the division, being 16 points back in North Bay. So yeah. um, really you'd be playing for third place in the conference um, because not yep. a chance North Bay is ever going to be um, in as bad a stretch as they are right now. So, Yeah, for sure. Um up next for me, Patrick Lever, Oshawa Generals. Other than Harrison, he's your best player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the best goalie that I would think of. Any of the teams that are selling, I think he would be the top goaltender available. He's He wins Oshawa a lot of games. He gets Oshawa a lot of extra points. 
Um, he keeps them in a lot of games. And in my opinion, Patrick Lieber would be the a very good goaltender. If you're a team that needs a goalie who's near the top, who thinks they can get over the hump, Patrick Lieber's your guy. Very good goaltender. Um, I think he's one that any team should try to get if they need a goaltender. Yeah, I almost like that move for the Barry Colts. Um, I don't think that'd be a bad pickup for them. Yes. I mean, I mean, I liked Anson Thornton. I don't get me wrong. I love that trade that Marty Williamson that. went to get out, uh, get him from Sarnia. I think Lever is just a better goaltender, in my opinion. Um, Put you over the hump. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Should we get Brand Clark back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a move they keep. I think you'd have to give up Thornton. You would think you would probably have to go back to Oshawa in the deal just to, yep, not to sell tickets, but to keep the team interesting and to kind of keep them in games. Yeah. Um, so keep the fans happy. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, Barry is at 40 points when everyone thought they were out of it and they may not be the team that everyone thought they were. Um, they are now third place in the Eastern conference. Uh, again, North Bay is going to be really tough to catch even this, uh, you know, halfway through the year, Barry with three games in hand. Um North Bay is probably just going to be too big of a challenge for them to overcome. So that, yeah. it's it's still the common theme for them, for Peterborough, when you look at how far behind Ottawa they are. Um, you know, a lot of Eastern Conference teams are looking at third place right now as as a victory because of how good Ottawa and North Bay have been to this point and how good they will continue to get um, as we move throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Good point there. And that makes perfect sense with, with the Barry Colts as well. I agree 100 percent on that one. Next pick, next big one for me. This now we're in the top five. Reese, Danny Jilkin from the Guelph Storm. He's an 3 26 points in 25 games. I think Jilkin. It kind of sets the tone for his Jilkin deal. You see the past of Jacques deal happened so early to Sarnia. I think Jilkin's that big piece that you could get from the Guelph Storm being an 3 I think Danny Jilkin's the one that really has a lot of value, and mm-hmm. um. I think the Guelph Storm could get a lot of calls on Danny Jilkin. Yeah, third round pick of the Jets this past year's draft. Uh, he's a six-two center. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, talk about the, uh, you know, how valuable winning faceoffs is. This is another guy that can win you faceoffs yeah. in important spots. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think this is between if you're a team that's like with a lot of picks. You're picking between Jilkin and Harrison, right? Pick, take your pick. I think those are the two mm-hmm. that are non-OAs that are big ones. I think. I mean, this year's deadline. I mean, we. I don't think we saw so many elite OAs at the deadline before in play. There's so many good OAs available. Usually, there always is OAs that are good and that are going to be available, but it's never like this magnitude. So, yeah. those are the two non-OAs up front that I think are going to be very close. Del Blues as well. If the Sox getting calls on them. Um, but yeah, Jilkin's a good one. Up next, Mississauga, Ethan Del Mastro. I think we got to take calls on him. He's not going to be back next year. Very, very, very good defenseman. Um, plays both ways very well, plays well in his own end. Um, if Mississauga ultimately decides to sell, I think Del Mastro is the main piece to draw a lot of picks. And, um, in my opinion, Del Mastro would be good. I was going to say, you, a lot of people talk about packages uh, in the Ontario Hockey League around deadline time. Of course, you could consider um, the Winterton and Humphrey a package, although 
a lot of times you see a defenseman and a forward, but obviously London feeling the need to add to their forward depth uh, even more. So they pick up two forwards, but Del Mastro and Del Belbaloo's it's amazing they're both their yeah. last name start with Dell. But uh yeah, no, you if if you are missing picks, uh you can totally redeem yourself. Um yeah. you know, by getting Cross Ethan Del Mastro, Ethan Del Mastro, Luca Del Belbaloos, and the Mississauga Steelheads could absolutely use some more picks, right? So um yeah, yeah I think you th- I think a package deal for the Steelheads um uh, makes be a lot. more oh, that's sense. A big one. It would be. But I think it, I think it makes the most sense for Mississauga, unless you get just blown out of the water with an offer for one of them. But um, I like a package deal, and I think this is the biggest package that we would see um, at a the deadline time. this year. Yeah, well, yeah, in a long time, yeah, but definitely this year for sure. Um. So my next one up on the list after that, if Mississauga decides to do that, Owen Beck, Owen Beck almost made the Montreal Canadiens. No mm-hmm. guarantee he won't make it this year. Because he was that close this year. He almost made the Montreal Canadiens possibly probably make it next year. I honestly think he'll make the Montreal Canadiens next year. Um, I love his game. I think he's ready for the National Hockey League. If you if that happens, here's the deal that would really put you over the edge, right? I look at the Ottawa sixty sevens. Ottawa sixty sevens, they're kind of they're kind of early on this, right? Ne- everyone thought, well, next year they're gonna be the best team in the league. Well, this year they're the best team in the league too. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. If they have the picks to do so and they're confident that they can get them back, Owen Beck, it's a tough move to make. I don't think it will happen because it's very tough to take that risk when you know how good the talent is. It's like trading for Mason McTavish last year, right? You knew he wasn't coming back this year. So it's one of those things where you don't know, but Beck, Beck would certainly be a nice piece to get. Um at the deadline if you want to pay a lot. and But he would really help you. He'd win those draws. Um, very good player for any team in the Ontario Hockey League. Up next, uh, Saginaw Spirit defenseman Pavel Mintikov. Um, Mintikov's one of those things, right? Saginaw wants to host the M Cup. We've talked about it with the Ice Dogs, talked about it with the Greyhounds, talked about it with the Frontenacs. Saginaw wants to host some M Cup. You can get a bunch of picks. You can get a prospect here. I think you got to take it, right? Because it's unfortunate where you are. It is fortunate, but it is also unfortunate because if Saginaw was in that four to six spot in the conference, well, that's an easy deal, right? It's an easy deal to make. We made the yeah. Bloom deal. They really and they really haven't lost points after the Bloom deal trade. Yeah, the they're now in first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they didn't really, they didn't lose any ground in the standings. They gained it. So it's one of those things where. If you get the picks, if you can get that strong 04 for next year and Mintikoff's the guy to get you that, I think that's the deal that you would have to make to get better for next year and really use that strong Memorial Cup bid because the chance of Mintikoff being back next year are very slim. Mm-hmm. The amount of points he has this year, I think that's a pick where it would be a really nice move for the Saginaw Spirit if they can get a pick or a prospect, an 04 that is, to really put them over the hump for next season in that men cup run. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a move that it's a team that expects to win this year and that'll be it. Um, that like, like with McTavish, like you said, it's, it's a, uh, it's a one and done so, type yes, situation absolutely. with the amount that you would have to give up. That is a one and done vibe for any team in the Ontario hockey league. So plus with the import situation, 
Yeah, exactly. All right, next up on the list, final two, Avery Hayes, Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, 26 goals. It's 39 points in 32 games, a plus eight. Um, goal scorer. Goal scorer. Um, really good guy. Um, heck of a player, I think. Avery Hayes. I mean, you saw what he did last year in the finals in that run with the Bulldogs. Elite, elite goal scorer. I would say he's the most elite goal scorer on this trade block. Um, very good player. Um, Avery Hayes. Good talent for any team. And I think that's the one, right, where we mentioned about Gavin White. Peterborough, you look at Avery Hayes, goal scorer, but Avery Hayes with Brennan Austin and Peterborough, that would be pretty fancy to see. Yeah. Be pretty nice. Yeah, we talk about we talked about earlier what their power asking what their power play really is. You add Avery Hayes to that power play, you have a pretty good idea what it is. And it's gonna be very, very yeah. good. Right? Yeah. Um, Logan Morrison as well. Yeah, just just anywhere on the ice, you know, Avery Hayes is gonna make an impact. And I mean you know, a little bit of a misplay on Saturday. He had a clear-cut breakaway shorthanded against Mississauga. It just looked like he was he had too much going on in his head wondering what he was going to do. Um, that's very rare. You're not going to see that a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. So, um, that yeah, that's easily number two um, on your list, Colin. I think I have a pretty good idea who number one is. But, um, yeah, yeah, Avery Hayes is what, – what a player, what a guy – and I mean, hey, any general managers out there that are um, uh, big Michigan Wolverines fans, you should have them. That'd be a good. Idea. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan, Even though we Michigan, lost, that kind of that kind of sucked. But yeah, yeah. No, in no, terms okay. of on ice performance, yeah, he would he would make a huge difference in any team's lineup. Yeah, for sure he would. Um, first on the list, Reese, you know where I'm going. Um, his teammate Logan Morrison. Mm-hmm. Logan Morrison's the best player on the trade block right now. The best player in the rumors is Logan Morrison. No question about it. OHL playoff MVP last year. Um, you know what he brings to the table. Um, 53 points in 32 games to plus 11. Logan Morrison is the best player on the trade block. Um, to me, if Ottawa wants to go all in right now, that's the one. That is the one. If they want to go all in right now and trade those picks for this year, which if they trust next year's core, the core for next year, if they trust it, they can make that move. You have to be 100% sure of it being a success for next year as well. But if you are, Logan Morrison can put you over the hump this year. And um, he'd be a really pickup for Ottawa, I think. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you, and we pro- we possibly see a package with him and Hayes, him and White. You know, maybe the Bulldogs go him and Grushnikov. That'd be even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just lot, uh... he he's the captain of the Bulldogs for a reason. You're gonna give up a lot. Um, again, another guy that you have to be all in in one year to do so, and that's where you know for Ottawa it makes sense a little bit, but. In terms of their long-term growth, Ottawa's going to be good for two or three years. Um, you know, whether or not you want to give up some of the future for Logan Morrison for this year when you think you may have a better shot next year, that's where the decision has to be made, right? And, um, I think this, I think a deal is all but done for Morrison. Um, you know, we don't know who it is yet, 
But when you look at what happened on Monday with Winterton and Humphrey, you would think that it's yeah. pretty clear where the Bulldogs are going. Um, and that well, that pretty much means Hayes is probably included with that. White's probably included with that. Um, it's just a matter of where. Yeah, exactly. And the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs are a team as well where their schedule this week is very tough leading up to the trade deadline. They have a three and three this weekend. It's not the ideal weekend to have a three and three because the insurance policy, the trade value and stuff, injuries happen, right? Yeah. Um, I would say with the schedule being what it is, the Bulldogs are likely to get the trades done. And it's not necessarily – I'm not saying who the players are if they, we don't even know who the players are. But I would say it, it would be ideal to get the moves done before the weekend if mm-hmm. they do something. It would be ideal to get it done before the weekend with those games. Yeah. And it's interesting with Peter Burrow coming to town Tuesday night as well. An audition yeah. on both sides potentially. Yeah, and some good returning sell for the sellers, Reese, some good returns. One, uh, Jack Van Volsen from Peterborough. Two, from Ottawa, Frankie Morelli. Three, from Sarnia, Easton Wainwright. Four, from Windsor, Chris O'Flaherty. And five, that wild card, kind of that toss-up from Ottawa, Jack Dever. If they want to uh, make some big moves, Ottawa might have to give up some of those young guys. I know teams have interest in those young guys. And I think those are the five that I think could be on the move this trade deadline season to help out some teams for the futures. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it should be a fun week to come, Colin. Uh, The trade deadline, again, is the 10th of January. That is next Tuesday, uh, which means next week's show will be delayed by a couple of days. We're looking at a Thursday release. That is the 12th um of january so make sure you watch out for that still a little bit of a scheduling update for you um keep your eyes peeled on social media as well um from the teams uh right because they're the ones that actually tweet out official stuff so uh, yes yeah we will uh keep our eyes peeled for sure and hope you will too but uh now it's time for a break when we come back we're gonna wrap up the show uh that poll on ohl.com we'll discuss it a little bit and then power rankings first edition of 2023 to wrap up the first episode of the year here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Uh, OHL poll up on their website. You can vote OntarioHockeyLeague.com. Which team outside of a playoff position entering the holiday break has the best chance of making the playoffs? Those four options. Erie Otters, Guelph Storm, Niagara Ice Dogs, or the Sudbury Wolves. Um, Colin, I think both of our votes are the Guelph Storm. Um Mm-hmm. But let's go into discussion about that quickly here. Um, you can go first, Colin. Why the Guelph Storm um, over the other three? Yeah, I think the Guelph Storm have the best, most talent to make it to still make the playoffs out of the four out looking in right now. Plus, they're tied with Sue. Sue has a game in hand on the Guelph Storm, but I just believe that. The Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds aren't as good as the Guelph Storm. It's no offense to the Sioux Greyhounds, but I just think Guelph is a better team on paper mm-hmm. and on the ice. If they can get it going, Guelph's a playoff team. But we've been saying that for a while, and they still haven't gotten it going. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I think that. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of yeah, I'm with you there. Um, the talent. I mean, you start would, with you start with uh, Allen on the back end. Um, you know, just to kind of center your team around for the future. I think he makes just a difference in himself. Um, and then really, I think it might be based off of the deadline, right? You look at Jilkin. Um, if he goes yeah. somewhere, Guelph obviously makes a lot of talent. They lose a lot of point production um, from him. So, you know, it's kind of a flip flop. But we could also say the same thing about the Sudbury Wolves, who are actually now in eighth place yeah, as we speak on yeah. this episode, right? Um, well, Musty's lighting it up. Goyette's a good hockey player. They have talent up there to make the playoffs, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you also throw in the factor of the Oshawa Generals, who moves on from there at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. They get worse. Uh, so it really – it's tough to tell, right? It's an interesting poll to discuss, but at the same time, you can't really say – for sure right that's more like after the deadline type question another week um yeah exactly so i mean we could revisit this in a week if we want see if we change our answers um yeah we both have the guelph storm so we'll do that next week right before the power rankings once again um so as of tuesday january 3rd we are sitting on the guelph storm to make the playoffs um or having the best chance to make the playoffs out of those bottom four teams bottom two in each conference so well that is interesting and Uh, Now to wrap it up, the first edition of the Power Rankings of 2023, number five, Colin Ward. Windsor Spitfires, number five. I am in agreement with you. Windsor Spitfires at five. They're 21-8-3-1 on the season. I'm with you there. Eight and two. They're a hot team in their last ten. So uh, Yeah, yeah. that'll change. Yeah, good five pick there. Yeah, number four. For the Saginaw spirit, um, Saginaw really hasn't dropped the ball too much this season. They've been in the top five, I'd say, the most out of the North Bay and Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, good hockey team, consistent hockey team. Um, always above 500 in their 10 games um, by a pretty wide margin, you could say, um, per 10. So good hockey team fourth fourth this week, and they'll possibly go up. Yeah, I agree with you there, Wardy. Therefore, for me, despite being number one in the Western Conference, um, there's a team that's behind them by one point who has won six in a row. <laughs> Not that Saginaw hasn't been hot. Saginaw's won their last four, and they're six, three, and one in their last ten. But it's just tough to ignore. Yeah, it's just tough to ignore six and zero oh and nine and one um, in this team's last ten. So, uh, Saginaw yeah. is number four for me as well, Colin. Who is number three? Three and two are very tight. It's yeah. very tight. Yeah. I think this is the OHL final. I think this is the OHL final next year, to be honest. Um, North Bay three for me. Um, very good hockey team. I like their team. They're very structured. Um, they're deep. North Bay third for me. You know what? I was going to go North Bay too, solely based off points. Um, but I, th- London's ability in three less games, they still have less than 10 regulation yeah. wins on the season. So, yeah, that kind of switched it for me. So North Bay is three as well. Again, 7-2-0-1 in their last 10. Very good hockey team. They've scored 149 mm-hmm. goals. That is most um, in the Eastern Conference, tied for the most in the league. Uh, Windsor Spitfires have also scored 149 goals, but it is very tight uh, between number one or between number two and number three. 
with North Bay being number three for us, that makes it pretty obvious that the London Knights are number two, and they are winners of their last six, and they've won nine of their last ten games. Yeah, London has to be number two, and they'll probably be number one in a couple of weeks after the deadline. Yeah. Um, the moves London's going to make, um, they talked about it before the deadline. Remember before COVID when they talked about how they want to play the Memorial Cup? Well, they still haven't. This year's a good opportunity. I think they'll be good next year as well. Mm-hmm. And this year's a good year for them. And I think the London Knights have to be number two. And I don't see – they're number two on the pre-Christmas ranking for me as well. And I don't think there's any reason for them to go down. I think they're just going to go up. Mm-hmm. And uh, London number two. Which means number one, the Ottawa 67s once again, 53 points on the year. 26-6-0-1, 143 goals scored. They've won their last three games, and they are 7-2-0-1 in their last 10 games. Ottawa continues to be the best in the Ontario Hockey League and continues to be number one on the OHL and 60 podcasts power rankings for the week. Yeah. I think one week I didn't have them one. But it's remember when Saginaw went on that run? They were like yeah. one point, one yeah. or two points behind them. I think that was the only week they weren't number one on my list. Mm-hmm. But very consistent, most consistent team in the Ontario Hockey League. And when you're good, you are consistent, and they definitely are. And they're a really good hockey team. They have it figured out. So Ottawa Sixty Sevens won as well. Then that wraps up our pre-trade deadline show, our post-trade deadline show again. Will be a couple of days late. We're aiming for the 12th for it to be out, record on Wednesday following the Tuesday deadline, Monday being the OA deadline. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's a fun time of the year, as always. You look at draft time, you look at trade deadline time, and of course, of course, playoff time. And uh, this is definitely up there in the top three favorite parts Good of the time. season, Colin, for us, for fans going to be a fun tuesday next week that's for sure yeah busy tuesday yes um and like you mentioned make sure to follow team's twitter accounts turn on the notification because they will have them out there all the trades out there right away and um we'll do our best to retweet them and uh, get them on ours also yeah check it out all right hope everyone had a merry christmas hope everyone had a happy new year and hope everyone enjoys the rest of the world juniors. Um, let's go Canada. My brother is drunk when he cheers for the U.S. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, go Canada, go. And it should be a fun finish to the tournament and a fun finish to the trade deadline. Uh, again, Tuesday, January 10th. I have Twitter open all day long. I know I will. And Colin will as well. So, until our next show, which is in about a week and a half. We will say goodbye, and we will chat again in nine days.